All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Nation Network presents... Coming in hot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coming in Hot. It is December. It is exciting. I'm Brent Wallace alongside uh, Mr. Humbug himself, Jason York. Yorkie, how are you? Mr. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Your tweet yesterday after the Which Sens one? lost, you were, you were not happy. You said you were going to give out the answers. Of what's going on. Do you want answers? I just know anytime you can get a chance to get in that clip from a few good men. I, was, I watched the game last night from Churchill's. I had a couple beers and then I came home. I had to rewatch it because anytime you watch a game in a bar, you, you can't really get the full gist of what's going on in the game. But no, I was just saying people want answers. They want the truth. Okay. We will get to them uh, in this show, I promise. Uh, as I said, it is my, it is December, so everybody gets excited this time of year. In fact, uh, based on Yorkie's unhappiness with the holiday season, I brought in my very own Christmas tree. Um, my mom gave me that tree ooh, when I moved out because I said I wasn't going to have any decorations, and she wasn't happy with that. She wanted me to have a tree, so she went to the dollar store and bought that tree, and I've had it for... 30 nice. years. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. So uh, enough story time with Brent. Uh, let's move on, shall we? Uh, <laughs> the show is always held together by Renfrew Pro Tape. Go to renfrewpro.com. Also, if you're wrapping Christmas gifts this time of year, put a little extra something on it and personalize it with some Renfrew Pro Tape as you wrap it. Uh, Renfrew Pro, the one with the green core. Also, follow them on Instagram, by the way. 
uh, Renfrew Pro, they give away on Fridays uh, hockey tape uh, packages. So uh, check them out. Give them a follow. Renfrew Pro on Instagram and RenfrewPro.com. They are the undisputed leaders in hockey tape. Uh, all right, Yorkie. Big, big game last night. So the Sens wrapped up December. Or sorry, November. I apologize. 4-9-1. and one. Uh, They're 1-7 and seven in their last eight home games as they lost... Uh, 3-1 to the New York Rangers. Uh, boy. All right. Let me just give me your thoughts. My thoughts on the game or my thoughts on November? Yeah. What thoughts are you looking No, we'll just, just, we'll, we'll just go with this game for a bit. You know, I, so when I, when I watched it back, I didn't think auto was that bad to start the game. They're, they're in the game and it was to me like a, a usual Ottawa Senators game. They're in the game. They're playing pretty good hockey, but the one thing, the one thing the Rangers do a lot better than the Ottawa Senators do, they don't let you around their net often. They do a really nice job of boxing out. There was no secondary opportunities, and you can say what you want about the Rangers. Yeah, it's it's lucky when you get tips, and uh, was it two of the three were tips last night? Um, but that's it was a it was a a gritty ugly late november game kind of like the weather right now while you go outside it sucks <laughs> you're like man we got three more months of that that wasn't a pretty hockey game but new york no just just did the little things a little better than the ottawa senators and it's not the senators played poorly they just got they got beat at the fine details of the game when the game really mattered the most and uh, a couple of key positions as well and i'll always go back to this you look down the middle uh, for the Rangers right now. They brought in a guy like Vincent Trocek. Vincent Trocek's one of the best two-way forwards in the game right now, a center iceman. And then you got Mika Zibanejad, as we all know in Ottawa, what he's all, he's in the prime of his career. So those are your one-two center icemen in New York. And they're playing against uh, Tim Stutzla, who is a dynamic player, but he's going to continue to make plays like he did in overtime. They're like, wow, that's unbelievable. And then plays like you saw against New York where there's lost coverage and it's a goal in the back of your net. But he's a 20-year-old defenseman, uh, sorry, center iceman, and that's what you're going to get from him. And that's what people need to understand about the Ottawa Senators. You've got Tim Stutzel as your number one and Shane Pinto as your number two, who's a rookie in the league. So when you get into these tight games where the details of the game matter, your percentages of winning these hockey games aren't very good because these players haven't been in these situations before. So to ask for anything more is being very naive as a hockey fan and then couple in the fact that their defense is subpar, you're, not, you're just not going to win these games. And it's nothing against effort and system and structure and all these buzzwords people love to throw around. It just is what it is the senators right now people's expectations were much too high for this hockey team they play hard they're exciting but they make a ton of mistakes because of their youth and you will continue to see this this is this is how this team is built and um it's no surprise but hey they, they didn't play that badly they just they just got beat at the finer details of the game and that, that's why they lost so yeah, they, uh, in Shane Pinto, as you brought out, said we just didn't get in front of the net. We're not getting to the net. Yeah, uh, uh, Halak saw everything last night. Now, uh, a couple of things. So the second goal. Now Drake Batherson had six shots on goal 
and I thought played a pretty good hockey game. Yeah. There is something missing about his game right now. I'm not sure you what think it is. so. But that second goal, yeah, there's something. It's just he's not as dynamic, and maybe because he's not playing with Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris, who's obviously out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like there's a little something off with him. Um, did have six shots on goal, but the he had that turnover that led to the second goal because they ne- he just threw it. He threw a muffin basically into the slot, right? Yeah. The puck, the puck never got cleared. Brandstrom tried to clear it. It didn't get out and ended up in the back of the net after Barkley Goudreau's hanging all over Eric Brandstrom. That yeah. stuff can't happen when you're a team that's trying to win hockey games. It can't happen. At the end of the day, the ho- hockey is a game of mistakes. And the problem with the Senators yeah. right now, they, they've put themselves into a situation because of their, their their poor start to the season where all these mistakes are magnified. And it's the pressure. There's a ton of pressure right now because you can't lose hockey games because every time you lose a game, you watch five or six teams that you're trying to pass uh, just make the gap that much bigger for you. So, yeah, with Batherson, I really like to play on Pinto's goal. That was that was a nifty little play, a little chip in the neutral yep. zone that, that sprung Pinto. And I get it. You look at his plus minus and people will say he's struggling. And I, I'm with you with uh, the chemistry he has with, with Norris and uh, Kachuk. I to me, that's Ottawa's number one line, for sure. With Norris being out, you just—it is what it is. He's got a—they've tried him with different players. Uh, the thing I like about Batherson, though, Wally, he's able to hold on to pucks and bring uh, bring—it's called accepting contact. He's big and strong and has a mm-hmm. long reach, so he's able to extend plays. And to, you watch guys that can extend plays in the offensive zone—that's when stuff really opens up. So he. That's what I like about him. He can do what very few players can do. Hold on to the puck, uh, buy time and space for other guys. So to me, there's a lot more good than bad in his game right now. It's just when he makes a mistake, it's magnified just like everybody else. Uh, the play I didn't like on that goal, though, uh, I, I just... Uh, we talked about the boxing out and, and Brandstrom. I, I really think he's yeah. misplaced in his role with the Ottawa Senators right now. I just, he's playing as a third pairing defenseman, which for most of my career, I was a top four. But in my last year in the NHL, I played in the, in the in, in, as the sixth defenseman in Boston. So I played between eight to 13 minutes a night. Wally, that was the hardest matchups I've ever had in my life as a defenseman. You'd think it would be easier, but when you're in that third pairing, you play against the other team's energy guys. So if you're an undersized defenseman, and I was undersized as well, not quite to the extent Branstrom is, it's actually harder for Branstrom to play in the league playing 13 to 14 minutes, which is what he's doing right now, versus 20. And then couple in the fact he's not on the power play because people are saying, well, why he only has three assists? Well, he doesn't play the power play. He's, on a, he's in a penalty-killing role playing in your third pairing. That's not what Branstrom is going to excel at. He needs to be on a team where he's going to be playing in the top four and being on your probably your second power play and getting roughly 30 points a year. I just think he's so miscast in Ottawa. And unfortunately for him, he was he was traded for Mark Stone. Because if he wasn't, he okay. wouldn't. Hold, he, hold he'd on. He'd probably be in the minors right now. You think Eric Branstrom is a top 4D in the National Hockey League? No, that's not what I said. I think for Eric Branstrom to have success in the National Hockey League, he needs to be on a team where he's going to play more than 13 minutes and probably be a number four. It's just 
if he's going to have that role, it's going to be on a team probably like an Arizona Coyotes or something like that. And listen, there, there's there's a there's a spot for guys like that in the league, but he just it's really tough when you're undersized to play against the other team's you're, fourth and third line. And if you want to really look at good things he does, he has to be on the power play. That's his specialty. Walking the line, making plays. His specialty is not killing penalties. And that's what he's doing right now. He's miscast, but it is what it is because Ottawa has no other options. Who else are you going to put in your third pair right now? And there we go. We're back to the fact that the, the blue line right now for the center is, I'll say it again, it, it is not the way after Zub and Shabbat, there's such a drop off. You know, Sanderson, I know, is, is, is a rookie and playing great, but imagine if he wasn't playing the way he's playing right now where this blue line would be. Because basically, you started the season, you started the season with Shabbat and Zub, and then the drop off to, you had Zaitsev, Hamannik, uh, Brandstrom, Holden. Holden. There's no way the organization thought that, that, uh, that they were going to get this this kind of hockey this quickly um, from Sanderson. There's, so to me, it's like, how do you start a season with this blue line and claim you're going to play meaningful games in the spring? Like to me, that's, that's a lot of pressure you put on your coaching staff to, 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 to uh, play meaningful games when the back end is just not conducive for doing that. Well, yeah, but part of that, I think they thought that Nikita Zaitsev was going to be in their top six or moved for something else to be added. I, I, I really that, think that they were expecting so, him so, to play. So that, that's got to come down to your, you, you made that decision. That was a really bad decision thinking that going into a season with all these expectations and look how it turned out. Like that's, you can't make mistakes like that. You can't make mistakes like that and start a season. They've and, been making them up, for four years. And hence that's the problem. So people keep pointing at structure and systems. Yeah, that's part of it. But identification of where guys are fitting in your lineup and then not addressing the problems, to me, that's that's something that that's not brought up enough. And uh man, it's it's as as a you know, it, it it's a big problem. I like Eric Brandstrom personally. I think he's a really good guy and a good kid, for lack of a better term. Uh, it seems weird to call 20-somethings kids. But <laughs> he is not an NHL on a winning team player for me. And I know That's... Ottawa's not a winning team. But if you want if you want to be successful, I just don't see Eric Brandstrom's role being available. That's all I'm saying. And um, that, I think, plays a big part. Well, he needs to be on a team. He needs to be playing in a role like a Sam Girard does in uh, in Colorado. I'm not saying Brandstrom's Sam Girard, but but it's the system right now. You play in your own zone more with the Ottawa Senators. Do I think he's a top four? No, I'm just saying this is the reason why you're seeing him play the way he does because he's playing on a team where he's asked to defend more than be an offensive guy. I'm just saying, if he ever has a chance to be a good NHL player, he needs to be in a different environment. Unfortunately for him, this is what happened. Sanderson came in and played so well that I would think when they were making the depth chart to start the season, it's okay, Shabbat's going to run our first power play, and then Branstrom, he'll be our power play two guy. He'll take the 25 to 30 seconds of that second power play. But then Sanderson came in and played so well 
how could you not have him on that second power play? And when Shabbat was hurt, he was he was there as well. So that that's just that's just the reason why Brandstrom is not living up to those first round expectations. And and Dorian traded Mark Stone, and you got Brandstrom in return. Everybody thought they were getting this player, but you can you can only do as a player, Wally. You can only do as a player if you want to put up points as a defenseman. You have to be on one of the power play units. So unless Branstrom's on one of those units, there's no sense having him on the team because he's not doing what he's best at. If you that's 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 what I mean by all this in my long-winded yeah, answer. Fair enough. So I'm with you. He's not conducive to the Ottawa Senators winning games. He's not. I just want six guys who can actually play defense on my blue line at the moment. And somebody um, that will punch somebody in I'm the mouth, on. right? Somebody that will punch yes, somebody in the I, mouth. I, there's no fear in that blue line. Uh, I'm moving on because I don't want to get into yes. that topic. Is uh, the Sens unveiled or war, I should say, uh, debuted their reverse retro jersey last night. Um, as a former player who's donned the uh, Ottawa Senator uniform, what was your thoughts? What I didn't were mind your it. Thoughts, I guess is better English. I, we got well. You got to remember one thing. I I I wore the Wild Wing Mighty Duck third jersey fair enough i've had the worst jersey that's probably in all of sports i had to wear so anything's good after that (laughs) but it's now it's a now it's a classic i know so bad it's good (laughs) um Um, i i i don't really care about the jerseys because at the end of the day now you've got maple leafs with the milk emblem on their sweater one of the most iconic Oh, settle down. You're stop showing it's, your age. Let people it's just an ad. Exactly. I I don't care. It's about making money. You gotta you gotta make as much money as you can, and that's why you're seeing these retro jerseys, third jerseys. More jerseys means you can sell more of them. So I don't care. It, it did a look uh you know what? To me it's a it's a jersey's a jersey. I I could care less. It's uh it is what it is, and it's all about uh, it's all about making the coin and trying to figure out how you can get more revenue. So they're supposed to be though, like fun, imaginative. Look at Florida's. Florida's is I I love Florida's. Uh, St. Yeah. Louis is a really nice jersey. Uh, even Seattle, Vegas with the glow in the dark. Um, there was a couple. Of, I I don't mind Buffalo's. Anaheim's even okay. Uh, Minnesota's is really really nice. Ottawa looks like they get they came to the end. We're like, oh, we got to do Ottawa. Uh, here's a stripe through the middle of it. Let's call the jersey. I I actually just hate it. I hate's a strong word. I strongly, strongly <laughs> dislike it. it. It just it's dull and boring. It might as well be. And one of the comments is people wouldn't know that it wasn't their original home jer- their current home jersey because it's got a slash through it. It's just okay. They could have done a little bit more. It's so boring. to your point that you just made, I. Until you brought this up, I had no idea they were wearing a different jersey. I I didn't think it looked any different. I, I didn't think it looked. I was just pretending you. Know, I knew what I was talking about. I had no idea. But, uh, so there, it didn't look any different See, to me. Exactly. Yeah. It's just got know. that stupid swoosh through the middle of it. It's just. Uh, I understand yes, it's got different numbers, but it's it, not, generally it's, it's just, not as it's, bad as the uh, the old Captain Highliner from the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins nope. Pooh Bear. They brought the <laughs> yeah, Islander look. one back. What? 
That's their third. That's their retro this year. Is the is the captain eyeliner guy? No. Oh yeah. God, that's awesome. It's so good. That's good. I like it. Yeah, this I don't see a lot um, of difference in this jersey. Just the uh, I don't know. It's, it's not well, the terrible. other problem not... is is the pants and the socks are the same. So there's really it's just it just looks the same. Yeah. Yeah. Looks looks fine anyway. to me. It's nitpicking boring. here. All right. No. Uh, we're moving on is what we're going to do. So uh, the Sens move into December. Lots, December, as you know, is a busy, busy month, Yorkie. Lots of stuff going on, parties to get to. Uh, here we go. So here's how I've somebody <clears throat> broke down and made a calendar. So they're going to go play the Rangers on uh, on Friday. And then, uh, by the way, it's tomorrow. And then they're going to host Eric Carlson and the Sharks. So everybody will be cheering for him to just to move over to the other side like when they traded Mike McKenna the same day and he played that night for Vancouver, I think it was. Um, They play LA. Uh, Then it's uh, Wally's birthday. (laughs) Uh, Followed by, uh, they they go to Dallas, then they've got Nashville. But by the way, Dallas, uh, division leading. Uh, Nashville is currently just outside the playoff picture. San Jose is just outside the playoffs. Like these are tough games. Uh, Then Alfie's going to celebrate his 50th birthday on the 11th. Followed by the next night of Wade Redden goes into the ring of honor and as they host the Anaheim Ducks and Mason McTavish, Trevor Zegras, Troy Terry. It'll be an exciting game. Um, Montreal then rolls into town. They go to Detroit in the first of three meetings. That's a one o'clock. Then it's Alex Debrinkit's 25th birthday with a game against Minnesota. They got Winnipeg. That's a surprise team, I think, for a lot of people this year in the playoffs. Washington just outside the playoffs, or I think they're tied for the last wildcard spot. Detroit. Then you got Brady Kachuk's probably going to serve up something for Christmas Eve. He's going to have a little bit of a party as he likes to do. Yorkie's going to be on the couch on Boxing Day. Oh. Uh, then he gets ready for the Boston game. They play Washington again in Washington and close it out against Detroit. From Basically, there's only two teams really in that group that are out of the playoff picture, if you will, uh, San Jose and Anaheim. Everybody else is like within three points of striking distance. That's a tough slide. They've got uh, seven. Is it seven on the road and eight at home? I think it's seven, eight away and seven at home and five against their own division. And by the way, this is the first time all season they're going to go back to back. They got three sets of back to backs in this one. Yeah, tough schedule. A tough boiler you put on me there on the couch too, Wally. My goodness. <laughs> well, it's going to be a good Christmas. <laughs> you, the picture of you, you look like you're a jack-in-a-box up there. Are you popping out of a present <laughs> or something? You look like the... Uh, I didn't have a lot of time. That old... The, what's that holiday classic with the uh, abominable snowman? They go to the island of, of uh, misfit toys. You look... <laughs> Like that jack in the box. Um, <laughs> anyhow, no, it's this is tough, man. This is when it gets tough. And one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You look at those Detroit games, uh, that's a lot of from the 17th to the 29th, that is a jam-packed schedule, plus Christmas thrown in there as well. Right. Um, and yeah. with the games against San Jose and, and Anaheim, th- th- those are those are dangerous games because uh, those teams are in the same predicament of Ottawa where you don't want to be embarrassed as a hockey player, as a franchise. So those there's no layups in this league, especially when you're a team like Ottawa who's struggling and, and there's, there's issues going on with why you're not winning. And uh, so, yeah, t- tough goal here for the Senators, but it's, it's man, it's, you know, it's going to get to the point where if they don't turn this around, the last thing this team organization needs is to, is to be a team that finishes 12th place and you're not getting a high draft pick you're, you're getting like a, a pick outside of the outside of the top right. 10 and can you believe we're talking about that right now with with all the hope and and nope. uh talk about this team we're actually talking about the draft and and if, you, if you're going to be bad in this season it's better to be really bad because you know what's going to happen this team is going to is going to start probably winning some more games because they play hard and uh finish just outside of the playoffs and get a shitty draft pick so that that would be the absolute worst thing for this hockey team to happen again. Finish just outside of the playoffs and get uh, a bad draft pick in a year when you can get a great pick because there's so many high end guys in the top uh, in the top probably top ten this year, Wally. So, man, yep. talk about depressing. So, uh, it's a tough schedule you put together. Nice job on the schedule, but it's uh, looking at it, it's 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 this can be a really tough month for the Ottawa Senators. No question. And I will take you back to last December. I was trying to look for, obviously, trends and say last year, what they did in December. Um, last year, if you remember, was they started this the month 5-3-1 and one in December, but on the 18th, they got shut down due to COVID. And that's when COVID went through the team. They didn't play for two more weeks. They didn't play their next game until January the 1st. So I can't really compare last season and how it went, but this is a jam-packed schedule. And Yorkie, yeah. listen, we all have stuff going on outside of our work lives, and it's the same for the players. But when you're on the road and traveling, it's a lot less time to get stuff done. They've got to get Christmas shopping in. I, I know it's a first world <laughs> problem. I get it. But there's a lot going on. Maybe families visiting. Although they've got those two back-to-back uh, home games. There's there's a lot just before Christmas for them, right? They play at home on the 22nd, 23rd, uh, and on 27th. But that's... Uh, that's a lot of people possibly around. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. not an excuse. It's just that that stuff is going on. Well, the other teams going. Every, don't forget, everybody's going through the same thing. But the the one yeah. problem, well, the one problem when you play a team like Detroit that many times in a short span. So the Senators 
to get back to respectability here need to win a bunch of games in a row. They need to go on a six, seven, eight game winning streak get yeah. to get back into the yeah, into the discussion. But when you play a team like Detroit in in that close in, in two weeks, three times, you're not going to win all three of those games because it's you just don't that it never happens. So I don't like that when you're playing a team three times because it's you're not going to win all three. It it rarely happens. So it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for this team to get to get on one of those streaks. Um, but uh, hey, any word with with Josh Norris? I know I know DJ Smith uh, said something, but they really need a healthy Josh he's, Norris. If, if yeah, he's skating uh, by himself, but it'll be still months. So there wow. was even talk, you know, how much in the year he's going to play. So. Um, and I think it was with Shane Pinto. He really wanted to come back at the end of the year and they still said, ah, yeah. we don't really want you to play. Right. So, uh, we'll have to play that out. All right. Uh, last topic before we go, uh, by the way, Brent's, uh, calendar artwork brought to you by BEI, uh, Bonisher excavating Inc. go to BEI.com. Uh, sorry, Bonisher excavating.com. Uh, give them a call 613-432-1120 in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, Listen, they've got all, aggregate all kinds of stuff to help you with, uh, plus their heavy, heavy civil engineers. Um, BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley, also looking to hire. And a reminder, please slow down in construction zones. Okay, Yorkie, on well, Tuesday. Wally. Hey, Wally, hold yeah. on a second. Before we go to the next topic, where, where can one find that beautiful Christmas calendar if they want to have it for a present? Are, you gonna, are these going to be something that are on sale during the holidays? Just one. I, yeah, I might just... be able. It'll be expensive, no question. But there might be a way to get you a copy. Can can we can we make it like an advent calendar? Like put a chocolate behind each date, you know, and the Christmas countdown calendar. Do you ever get if, those? For if your I kids? was smarter, and if I could plan ahead, I could have had Renfrew Pro tape. Maybe have a roll of tape behind each one because they make. 30 different Ooh. kinds. It would have been easy for them to have a different type of tape each no. day. Exactly. Do you buy the, exactly. Oh, I guess it would be 25 days. Um, do you do advent calendars? Did you do them in your house? Every single Christmas. We did it up until my kids were 19 years old. The Christmas countdown, everyone gets their chocolate and they eat it. I had mine too. We even do the gingerbread houses here. We have a gingerbread house oh. making night at the York family. We've already got the gingerbread houses ready, so when the kids come home from uh, from college, we'll sit around and we'll put our gingerbread houses together. So take that back. I want I pictures miss. of these. I'm not a Christmas uh, Christmas crank. I'm a I'm jolly man. I'm gonna have my eggnog, <laughs> couple old fashions. I, it's a whole... I don't like eggnog. However, um, my wife. So I didn't have one growing up, but I just didn't do advent calendars in my family. Anyway, uh, Lisa, my wife, always had one. So she has bought me one every year we've been together, and now the kids still have one. I still get one every year. So um, I never bought her one. However, the three of us still get them. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> awesome. All right, last topic. Uh, on Tuesday, it was a 9-8 game, Seattle-LA. Seattle winning in overtime. Uh, they scored 12 goals in the first 30 minutes. So phenomenal game. Would have been great to watch. 17 goals and all. I went back because I was going to say, hey, I'm going to ask Yorkie about this and what if he ever experienced anything like it. And I found one game. Um, you did play in a 10-2 game. That didn't really count. Uh, on December 5th, 1992. So basically, what's that, 30 years ago? 
Detroit nine, Tampa seven. Uh, Detroit scored five goals in the third period to win this one. Jason York uh, accounted for one shot on goal. Nice. Solid night. Nine goals. You had one yeah. shot. Yeah. But you, but you know who was on that team? You, so 1992, this is why it took me three years to make the NHL, Wally. They had they had Nicholas Lidstrom. They had Brad McCrimmon. They had Konstantinov. They had Paul Coffey. They even traded for Bob Rose from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, anytime, not this night. You got the. I'll, got the I'll give you the to... roster. Give me the roster. Uh, by the way, Gerard Gallant played in that game. Um, yeah. Sean Bird, Jimmy Carson, Steve Chason, Dino Cicerelli, Dallas Drake, Gerard Gallant, Mark Howe. Uh, Nick Lidstrom, Brad McCrimmon, Keith Primo, Bob Probert, Eves Racine, Ray Shepard, Mike Sillinger, Paul Isabart, uh, Steve Azerman, uh, Vincent Riendo, by the way, was the goalie that night. Ooh. Was that in Tampa, Wally? Yes. That, I, Do you I remember think that this was, game? Well, it was one of my first games in the league, and I believe it was your, we sorry, played your second game in your second game in the league. You want to know? Do you want to know what I remember from that road trip? That was back in the days when guys used to still go out the night before games, and I'm called up, and a bunch of the older guys had gone out before the game and had a few beers, and I remember guys skating in the pregame skate. All right, boys, let's sweat it out, sweat the booze out, and I'm like, wow, this is what the NHL is like. Guys really do go out the night before a game, uh, and then playing. That was in the old Tampa Arena as well. I think uh, I'm trying to remember that arena, but that wasn't in the new building. So wasn't it, was in the it old the, the, like a convention center? It was like where they yeah. had the horse. It was a barn or whatever. Like the, it was yeah, like it playing was in, in the Cattle Castle downtown. Yeah, the the ice was horrendous. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, as far as the game goes, like I said, I don't remember the game. I just remember the guys that went out before the night, and I was shocked. And uh, no, I those early Detroit teams. So you, you name some of the guys like Mark Howe. Uh, what a great guy he was getting the chance to play with Mark Howe and, and Brad McCrimmon, who uh, is no longer, no longer around. He passed mm -hmm. away. What a, what a great mentor Brad McCrimmon was. He used to bring me this quick story on Brad McCrimmon because we were talking about boxing out and taking guys in front of the net. McCrimmon used to take me after practice. He's like, come over here, kid. I'm going to show you the right way, how to handle the forwards in front of the net. He goes, trick number one, if the guy's about 220, 230, take your stick and slash the top of his, his laces on his skates. He goes, that, that'll, that'll get him to stand up. And after he stands up, cross-check him in the ass, and it'll get him out of there as quick as possible. So he used to pull me aside after practice and show me all these little tips. Uh, what, what a great, great guy. And that was the nice thing about that era. You, you, you had those old veterans like Howe and McCrimmon that – they had just had such a distinguished career and great guys too. If if I remember on the road as well, as a young rookie, McCrimmon, how let's go, kid. You're coming with us. We're going out for dinner. And they would just show you the right way how to be a pro. Next day of practice, hey, we had a couple beers. You make sure you're first on the ice, last off, get on the bike after practice. Just little lessons like that. But I'll never forget McCrimmon's tutelage on how to slash guys and do the little tricks in front of the net stuff. You can't really get away with anymore, but now it was a, it was a fun time to come into the league Wally. Cause you, 
I kind of came into that sweet spot of old school guys in the league kind of turning over. So I got a chance to play with Paul Coffey, who came in later for that team, was just such a treat to play with, man. I got so many great coffee stories. Just a great guy and a a really cool guy to play with. Uh, Was it true he had, like, skates that were 19 sizes too small? So you know what he used to do? And Alfie did this as well. He would go around the, the, uh, the stalls of guys, and he'd pull out guys' old skates. And he would try them on. Well, first he'd go sharpen them because he sharpened his own skates. So oh, these are pretty good. He goes, let me see those. So he, he, he grabbed my old skates, wore them out for a practice one 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 thing. Oh, I'm going to try these for a while, kid. He goes, oh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And the best coffee skate story I have is we came back from, uh, from the off season. It was the first day on the ice for training camp. So coffee goes out, has no bucket on, no helmet, has a brand new pair of skates right out of the box, puts these skates on, goes out, and he is by far the best skater on the ice. He's skating around, forwards, backwards, wheeling around. So he comes out after, and I'm like, Koff, like, did you you skate a lot during the summer? He goes, skate? It's my first time on the ice, kid. He goes, but at the cottage all summer. I go, what? (laughs) I go, you have brand new skates on. You haven't skated. I go, what do you do? He goes, I have a bike. I put it on my dock, and I ride that bike every day. And he was serious. That's what he did. He didn't skate. Like he was such a good athlete and such a great skater that it was, it was just, he's a genetic freak. Like his, his stride Wally was, was unbelievable. But the skate thing, yeah, he wore skates that were a little small and he wore other guys skates too. Like it was crazy. And he was, uh, he was, um, fanatic about his skates. He, he, at least when I played with him, he sharpened his own skates because he wanted them just, he'd go in there and make sure everything was perfect. And, uh, but his hockey stick, you know the old uh, coffee PNP, the, the old Sherwood. Yep. The Sherwood, so, you know, Sherwood fifty thirty. He he would just take the stick, and the trainer would tape it for him. He didn't even care about his stick. He's there, tape this up for me. He didn't even care. He goes, "Sticks a stick." He goes, "I could use any stick." He goes, "But my skates, my skates need to be perfect." And hey, hence, I'm not going to argue with him. Look at look at him skate, right? Yeah, yeah, he did okay. So, uh, yeah. By the way, the Tampa Bay Lightning played in Expo Hall that first season. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to skates, do you remember when they started molding them and making them more custom? Because I'm guessing in 92, yeah. or, or he would have taken them out of a box that were retail, right? They wouldn't have been yeah. any kind of molding back then, I, I don't think. No, there was no heat oven yet. Like, guys weren't putting their skates in the oven. They were just, you just put them on and off you went. Uh, no, you're right. I you started doing that, I think, in the in the uh, well. What you know, what guys did before the before the uh, oven came out. You used to see these in doctors' offices, and all every single training room had these the heat hydroculator hydroculator, where you put the um, there were these uh, I don't know things you guys heat pads. So these heat pads would go in the hot oh, water, yeah. and then guys would wrap around their backs and shoulders. So guys would take the heat packs out, put their skates on this hydroculator to warm their skates up and he used that for the skate oven. So, uh, yeah, then, then the ovens ah. came out. And, yeah. You had to be, uh, yeah, you had to take the initiative to do, uh, to do things like that. So, uh, but, uh, last point on that nine, seven game, by the way, goalie save percentages in that game, Vincent Riendo for Detroit eight Oh six. And by the way, he played the whole game. 
Uh, Wendell Young, 750, and Pat Jablonski, 667 save percentage. Tough night for the goalies. Well, there's a lot of tough nights back then, Wally. Imagine playing in the 80s. <laughs> guys playing in the 80s. <laughs> you no. let in five, you had a good night. <laughs> yeah. Well, we won 6 5. Um, Steve Eisenman had five points that night. Uh, Yorkie, it is uh, weekend time. Oh, it's vacation time for you. Yes. Uh, what's the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm heading out to Florida. So the next time you and I speak, I will have my laptop and hopefully a nice little palm tree backdrop yeah. for us to talk about heading to Fort Lauderdale for five days. And the next time will be on Monday and Bobby Ryan will be joining us. So we'll, oh. we'll have a chat. The three of us. We'll talk I'm about all for- here. Glorious Detroit Red Wing days. The two of you. <laughs> hey, Bobby and I, I actually talked to Bobby last night. Bobby sent me a text and a, and a picture. Uh, we have a common friend in Anaheim, uh, Bruno Serrato, who owns, I don't know if you've been to this restaurant, it's the Anaheim White House. Arguably, I'd say one of the top restaurants in, in California. Unbelievable food. So I get this message from Bobby. He goes, hey, I'm with Bruno. Can't wait to see you on Monday. Uh, but uh, have, you, have you eaten there, Anaheim White House? It's fantastic. No. Yorkie, we do not have the same bank accounts. Hey, you got to live, man. You got to live. <laughs> yes, I got to live. I need to not live in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> is is that, by the way, Anaheim, is that um, oh, on the beach area? Is that where that restaurant is? No, it's actually very where close to Where all the players the live. No, it's, oh, okay. uh, it, okay. it's actually in, uh, it's only 10 minutes from the rink. It's in, uh, it's in a little, little sketchier part of town. It's kind of near Disney, Disneyland, that area. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, all the players are down in Newport Beach and, and down there, Irvine. That's Newport. Yeah, in that yeah. really nice area. But yeah. We did you the 07 about... Cup final. Yeah. Uh, we stayed out there. It was really you, nice. Yeah. You need to be making at least two mil to live comfortably out there. <laughs> it's, it's a different snack bracket, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't go to that restaurant. The, uh, Ian, it's funny. We should I have Mendez on sometime. We did a tourist day. Uh, and we went to like the Hollywood Walk of Fame and the Kodak Theater. Yeah. And we were OJ's house. Yeah, we were all over the place. Anyway. So I'll uh, tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny, uh, interesting thing. So when you, when everyone knows the Anaheim Ducks used to be called the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And I was there playing in the team's second year of existence. And I don't know if you remember this, but the big perk when you played for the Mighty Ducks was they gave you the silver pass. So the silver pass was this thing you could use. Do you hear about this? The silver pass was good for you and four people to get into Disneyland for free and get everything uh, comp when you got into the park. It was it was crazy. So you, you got to the Ducks. I remember getting traded there with Mike Sollinger. You go in, you meet everybody, and then, okay, you need to go in the office and meet everybody. And it was a real family environment there. And, and you met, um, I forget, the Jenny. Jenny Price was the lady there. And she goes, okay, here's your silver pass. And I'm like, what's this? She's like, oh, yeah, just give this to your wife. And whenever you have people coming from Disney, for Disney, they can all get in. I'm like, wow, this is a bonus. So we had people coming pretty well every weekend to visit us. 
and a silver pass, man. That thing was getting worn out. It was it was getting overused. Oh, I missed the silver That's pass. That's great. I well, I uh, that family. Yes, I was always told like Disney, and then the subsequent the Sam Welly family. I'm trying to remember if I have the name right. Um, yeah, always took care of the players. Oh, well, you get you get treated at least when I played there. You get treated like gold in Anaheim, and it's uh, it's it's a really great place to play. And uh, I know young Mason McTavish is playing there, who's from Carp. Uh, he's going to have a blast playing there. And if you're a guy, too, that doesn't like the limelight, nobody knows who you are there. You can do whatever you want. Uh, you can go places. Uh, just always give yourself an hour because you get in your car at the wrong time of day there. Man, the traffic is not fun. But, hey, everything comes with a price, right? You want the nice weather? There's got to be something that's uh, that's not going to be good. It's it's uh, there's so many people there. It's just really really busy. But hey, that's the price. I just, that's the I price. Just realized. Talk about the price. Look at that jersey. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is priceless. Um, oh, is that you and Bobby both played at Anaheim, Ottawa, and Detroit? Wow. See, these are things I learned from you, Wally. This you're very because <laughs> <laughs> I I I wouldn't even think of that. I wouldn't even think of that. I know. Yeah. Here, I'm here I am always trying to help I can't out. wait. I, I can't wait for Bobby. And I can't wait for people to stop yeah. sending you messages asking when Bobby's coming on the show. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to it. So let Bobby answer those from all uh, here on out. Anyway, I look forward to it. Monday, we will see you uh, as we continue the Coming In Hot podcast uh, into December. See you, everybody. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 